0: My marker 595 just passed my window side. I didn't stop didn't wonder why just kept on
1: driving the of Still raining, got the
2: on. good morning good morning good morning little Jack Ingram on, on, on. kicking things off for us on SCI's Lone well, Star Outdoor Show Cable Smith riding shotgun with ya. always Thank you so much for spending a part of your week with me, as if this past week hasn't been just absolutely insane. Hopefully this will be a nice escape for you. I know I've lost sleep over it, uh, but I'm not going to pretend like I have any idea what's going on with the election. I've never seen something so poorly run in my life. Uh, all I know is we got to keep the Senate, and then we can uh, keep our guns, our freedoms, uh no green new deal, no court packing, all that stuff hinges on it looks like what happens in Georgia. So praying for the uh the peach state to sort things out there and bail this country out. Um man, we've got some interesting stuff to get into today. So you know what to do by now? Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee out of that beat-up old Stanley Thermos because we're ready to rock and roll. And off the top, we're going to dive into the interesting dynamic of folks who are buying up rural land at unprecedented rates. Why are they doing this? Well, it's because they're tired of looting and rioting and are scared of what's going on in big cities. It's that simple. They don't want to be around it. They want to raise their kids in that environment. Uh, So... Folks are looking for their own piece of paradise, and Patrick Hale of Lone Star Ag Credit, they've been around for over 100 years, established back in 1916 or 17, when farm credit was established nationwide. Uh, Anyway, Patrick will be here, he's a lifelong hunter. I'm sure we'll have some laughs, uh, talk a little hunting, and and also get into the semantics of how folks can get into their own rural property these days. Then, a special in-studio treat, Brandon Hughes, the Collin County bow hunter who r- recently arrowed what at first looked to be a, a certainly a possible Collin County record, and who knows where it will stack up in Texas all time among archery bucks, but uh, he's going to bring the rack of this buck he named Potential here to the studio, and we're going to talk about this special deer that he arrowed back uh, in mid-October, and... He's not on social media, so it was very tricky trying to, uh, to locate Brandon. <laughs> He's kind of a secretive guy, but hell of a nice guy, and he'll be here with, uh, with potential. So we'll hear all about his three-year history hunting that deer on a relatively small piece of property in Collin County. Something that I know a little bit about. <laughs> so that's what's on the docket for today. I'm excited about it. Certainly looking forward to seeing this buck uh, up close and personal, just mass for days. Uh, one, one quick show note for you here. I think this is pretty interesting and part for the course for 2020. Um, you know, a couple months ago, I got a picture of a mink. I couldn't figure out what it was. I got a picture of a mink on my trail camera in Collin County. I think it was like in the middle of the summer and, uh, sent it to a biologist. They confirmed, yeah, we have mink in Texas. I had no idea. Never seen one. Never seen a picture of one. Um, they're pretty widespread throughout most of North America. Turns out, uh, and this I actually got a picture of him at a trapping set that I had going for uh, coyotes, bobcats, and he was checking it out. Didn't catch him, but that's what it, that's why he was there. Um, then we had the Joseph the Mink Man Carter on, who actually hunts musk, uh, muskrats and other small game with his minks. Uh, y'all might remember that interview. So when I saw this news story coming out of Denmark, I thought, man, we need to at least mention that. It's fascinating. They're the world's largest mink producer. They've got like 17 million of them in mink farms. Well, guess what? Coronavirus has mutated and is now found in quite a few of those mink. At least 12 confirmed cases of that mutated virus found in humans that picked it up from the infected mink. Now Denmark is euthanizing 17 million mink. their entire industry wiped out by coronavirus. So interesting note there, uh, just since we've talked about Mink here a few times recently, uh, quick giveaway. Got a vortex, optics cap, blaze orange cap, and Vortex Nation T-shirt for today. So you know what to do? Just email the word "vortex that's vortex to Lone Star, Outdoor show at gmail.com and we'll get you entered into today's giveaway up next we're going to visit with Lone Star at Credits Patrick Hale right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show I said if I wanted you to know girl yeah I'd tell you about it I'd tell you about it if I wanted you to know well it ain't you that wakes me up at 3 a.m. and day that separates me The evolution of thermal technology is something that keeps getting better and better and becomes more cost-effective for the consumer. And the new Pulsar Helium 2.0 set the gold standard when it comes to thermal monoculars. It's what I've taken everywhere from the backcountry to just walking into a tree stand so that you don't blow out that wary old dough. It's going to give you up to that trophy buck, right? Uh, but it's the, uh, the Helium 2.0. It's got the incredible color palette options, user-friendly interface, internal recording, and get this, you'll save 20% off any Pulsar thermal or night vision monocular or binos when you use my promo code, LoneStar underscore PL. That's LoneStar underscore PL when you check out at PulsarNV.com. Hey guys, Cable here for Quiet Cat, the leader in e-bikes made specifically for overlanding, hunting, fishing, and remote access to the great outdoors. Quiet Cat provides outdoor enthusiasts a means of portable, low-impact transportation while providing you with the most reliable product on the market. I own a Quiet Cat, and it has surpassed all my expectations. It's an amazing machine that stealthily gets me wherever the hunting or fishing adventure takes me. Based out of Eagle, Colorado, Quiet Cat is able to put all of their products to the test, making sure your e-bike is built to last. Visit quietcat.com or call 970-328-2399 for more info.
1: Hey y'all, Chris
2: Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop,
0: and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in
2: Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com Hi, this is Governor Greg Abbott and I want to thank you for listening to the Lone Star Outdoor
1: Show. And I don't want to think about tomorrow I don't need anything money can buy I don't have to beg, steal, or borrow I just want to live until
2: That one goes all the way back to 1993, Live Until I Die, Clay Walker. That have made me 12 years old, I believe. Uh, That was back before Nashville completely sold out. They were still making good music in the 90s. Uh, I'm Cable Smith, and this is SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Lone Star Beer. Thank you so much for dropping by today. As we've got an interesting topic of discussion lined up for you concerning... Land acquisition. You know, when you look at the state of the world, (laughs) is now a good time to be purchasing land? Or are more people interested in purchasing land? You look at major metropolitan areas being burned to the ground, looted, rioting continues. That's only going to intensify regardless of what happens with these election results. Um, We're already seeing it. So we're going to visit with Patrick Hale of Lone Star Ag Credit. He's going to be here in studio. Actually, he's here, and we'll bring him on momentarily. Uh, but before we do that, this segment of the presentation, proudly brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. I'll be taking Henry and the Twinkies out to the deer lease in the next week or two. Kind of depends on what shows up at the duck lease, to be frank. If we get a big push of puddle ducks, might have to wait on the uh, the deer hunting for a week, but, um, we'll be headed out there. And when we go, all of us will be sitting in the big Chingon. It's an awesome blind, perfect for the family, introducing kids into hunting because it's out of the weather. It's got carpet. It's got cup holders. It's got shelves for all their snacks. And it's got a ton of room. It's the big Chingon. Find it at allseasonsfeeders.com. And with that being said, let's bring them on right now. Joining us live in studio it is my pleasure to welcome Patrick Hale of Lone Star Ag Credit to the presentation. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. My pleasure. So we actually met at the uh, DSC convention a couple of years back. Uh, I was taping an interview with um, uh, Macy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so we do have a little history, but uh, tell us a little bit about yourself as far as you know where you're from. And I f- was looking at your bio. Your family has an interesting history.
0: Yeah, so uh, from Abbott, Texas, I was born in Hillsboro, which is just north of Abbott. You know, small town. Yeah. Uh, at the local regional hospital. So very, that small town in itself, but Abbott's even smaller. Population three hundred and fifty. Oh wow. Uh, home of Willie Nelson. That's kind of our only <laughs> our only claim to fame. Every now and then we'll see his tour bus pop in town, but obviously never never got to meet him. But uh-huh. um, so yeah, a very small rural rural town right off I thirty five. I Grew up in a farm family. My dad. Uh, row crop farming. So uh, my grandpa did it, my dad did it, all my uncles did it. Family uh, business. Family business. One of my one of my brothers still does it. My dad still does it. So I still help out with them during the labor intensive activities of farming. You know, most of your your harvest activities, I still help out with that.
2: Uh huh. Okay. So it seems like you know, based off of that family history, that you're in a good uh, career path right now. Just based off of your family has that rural property has that rural background business and here you are helping facilitate that for other people today.
0: Yeah, oh absolutely. Yeah. My 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 role as a loan officer in in you know farm credit is it's very well suited for me. You know, I have a finance degree, degree from Texas A&M, so um, and then already having the ag background growing up and knowing the, the ins and outs of of row crop production. And oh, I see your
2: Aggie ring right there. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Class you two. guys are so proud of that. We, we are. <laughs> two, class of 2009 doing well
0: this year in football. So yeah. right on. <laughs> uh, the, uh, yeah. Aggies, Aggies doing well for, uh, this year. Uh, so yeah, having that, that ag background with the finance degree, um, just marries really well for, for a farm credit loan officer.
2: Uh, uh-huh. well, I know you enjoy hunting and fishing and that shouldn't be a surprise considering your background. Uh, What do you enjoy hunting the most?
0: I'll say I I like dove the most just because, you know, you can, you can go in large groups so you get that camaraderie aspect. You don't necessarily have to be super quiet. You know, you, right. get, to, you get to kind of yell, you know, to the, the north or to the south. No,
2: there's no quiet. i have taken my kids. I mean, it's just loud and no one's still, but still, you know, somehow we still shoot a few birds.
0: Right. And so you get to have a lot of action as well. And, you know, just, again, that camaraderie aspect, that's, that's what I really like. But, you know, obviously deer hunting falls a, a close second because it's just something special about, you know, seeing a, a, a beautiful animal in, in your scope and then knowing that, you're going to harvest that, that animal and, and, you know, have good source of food from that, yeah. from that animal.
2: And you recently got into duck hunting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Last several years I've had some good buddies that they come down every year around the holidays and, uh, they kept saying, Oh, you need to come, you need to come. And, and so got into that, you know, I still let them put out all the decoys and everything. <laughs> uh, but again, you kind of have that, that camaraderie and you don't have to be as quiet with that either uh but yeah. every year I've been doing it more and more and so um, you know get my duck stamp and ready to go this year as well
2: so your family has corn so I'm thinking I'm probably going to go dove hunting with you next year. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, b- being a uh, being a farmer, uh, being part of a family farm, there are some very good natural food plots uh, yeah. for some dove hunting, uh, even even some duck hunting. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so your
2: buddies come down and then go to your property. Yeah, you know. Okay. They, they, right, that's so why they. That's why they want. You and to... I are going to become pretty good friends. <laughs> that's why they want to. Abbott's not that far away from it's, me. It's not too bad. Yeah. Right on. <laughs> uh so how was your dove season dove season oh yeah,
0: yeah. early on we got out you know we had in, in our area we had that front blow through and that with that first big rain so i kind of screwed up early in the season but uh-huh. uh, later on got to get out you know you get five six birds each time you go and sure you know get those ready and gonna make some some poppers out of them so all good stuff
2: right on well duck season's almost here uh so and obviously rifle season for deer opens up uh this weekend so it's the best time of the year, yeah, no doubt yep. about that. Um, let's talk a little bit about what Lone Star Ag Credit really does. They've been they've been in this game for over a hundred years, yeah. Uh, so a lot of history there. And uh, as far as what we've seen in our country over the last seven, eight months, um, I would think that business has to be pretty good with people becoming disenfranchised with the city life like at a rapid rate like we know people are buying guns like out the wazoo i would think if you're seeing cities being burned down looting rioting, that country life you know having a rural property is looking pretty good
0: looks pretty good yes sir we're our business over the last seven months has been exponential we just you know just eclipsed 18 percent growth wow and, and you know, when your targets, you know, year over year is around 5 to 8% and you're already at 18%, like it's, and it's a combination of, yeah, people want to, uh, they don't want to be trapped again. If stuff yeah. gets sh- shut down or, or whatever, they want to have somewhere to go. They have their piece of Texas they can get out to, enjoy, take their kids to, and, and just relax a little bit and combine that with the interest rate environment that we're in, it is just the perfect storm of, of land lending.
2: So what is a, a normal interest rate right now in 2020?
0: A 20-year fixed, you're looking at about 4.2%, 4, 4.25% on a 20-year fixed. But you know, since we are an ag lending cooperative, we do pay a patronage or a dividend every year based yeah. off our performance. So if the last two years we paid a 1.5% dividend, and then 2020 we're also going to pay another 1.5% dividend based off 2020 performance, we actually just issued an advance on our dividend of 50 basis points so half a percent that we just issued to all of our stockholders to assist them with for any of those that so are,
2: stockholder basically means someone that's lending you, lending you
0: have them. you have ownership in the company right. so you are a customer you are a borrower of of Lone star ag credit and so we actually this past week just issued half a percent dividend. So basically just in advance, we know what our net, we have a good estimation of what our net income is going to be. So, uh-huh. you know, to help any of our stockholders that may be struggling with, uh, with COVID-19 and, and any cash flow, we wanted to go ahead and give them half a percent now. And then come March, we plan on issuing another full percent. So that'll uh-huh. be our one and a half percent for 2020. So that effectively lowers your interest rate. So if you're at just say four and a half percent.
2: Yeah. Now you're at three.
0: Now you're at three effectively. Right, right. right. So the average... 2020 fixed rate is about four four and a quarter. So, again, that's going to drive you down to 275, mm-hmm. effectively.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's been a good time to do um, lots of stuff. Like, we refinanced our house recently. I yep. uh, yep. got, like, a whole percentage point off. Right. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. And we've been doing that as well. We so. didn't even
2: seek that out. I mean, somebody, a buddy, a uh, guy that I dove hunt with, was like, hey, I just saved a bunch of money, re- refinance my house, bought a new truck. You know? Right. Like, uh, like, <laughs> like, Okay, well. so tell me a little bit about this because usually <laughs> – you know, my wife's the one that she, if she died, I wouldn't know how to pay a single bill in this place. I have no <laughs> idea. She handles all that stuff. I try to run my own business and have a hard <laughs> enough time keeping up with that. So uh, God bless her. But, yeah, so I, I mentioned to her. I was like, hey, Jonathan just saved a bunch of money refinancing his house. And sure enough, uh, kind of piqued her interest. And next thing you know, we were... Saving some cash.
0: We 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 did the same thing with our house. We're also doing ranch equity loans as well. People who who have, you know, their their ranch and they want to just have a little bit extra cash to, to maybe weather the storm. Yeah. They're pulling a little bit of equity out out of their ranches. So similar to a home equity loan, we're doing that with, with ranch loans as well.
2: Okay. Right on. What uh I mean, I hear the term no size property is too big or too small. What's what's the average size property people are looking for? And I know that's totally based on their uh, financial situation uh but i don't know what is what do you guys deal with most frequently
0: sure so you know our current state where again a lot of city folk are trying to get their piece of texas they're they're more comfortable with the you know anywhere from 10 to 40 acres that's really what they're looking for it's really a good size for them Uh because anything bigger than that even 40 acres plus i mean that's going to take a lot more management time that they typically won't won't have but anything smaller than that they typically have the additional resources to help improve that property, put fencing around it, put a few cows out there and what or livestock, whatnot, yeah. and go be able to enjoy it. Uh, anything bigger than that, it, it takes too much upkeep uh, for them. So sure. around that, that 10 to 40 acres is, is what we're seeing a lot of right now. But again, th- those individuals looking for their, their game ranches, they're just, you know, kind of weekend getaways, um, you know, 200 plus acres. We're, we're seeing
2: quite a bit of those as well. Okay. Well, you mentioned cows. So what, And everyone is familiar with ag exemptions. We Mm -hmm. put cows on our properties to, you know, have to pay less taxes. Right. What size place do you have to have to even qualify for that? Or is that something you guys even are familiar with
0: yes yeah, so i'd say most of our, our loan officers have uh, are very knowledgeable in the in in agriculture for one but also what it takes to keep a property ag exempt it actually varies by county so okay. your, your county appraisal district you can go to their website they're going to have uh, all the requirements to, if to it's five
2: acres ten acres twenty acres, or, right or so it, it
0: does vary by county i say the counties i service typically 10 acres and above is what they're going to what they're going to need to see to, to maintain that property a, a, as ag exempt um, but each each county will have qualifications, and you just got to go to their their county website and, and see what requirements they're going to, you know, what they require to keep that property as,
2: as okay. ag-exempt. I mean, I think most deer hunters are familiar with having cows on their on their lease. Or, yeah. Or if you're the landowner, you want the ag-exemption. Uh, the worst I ever experienced was damn horses. I had a place in Oklahoma. Forget cows, dude. These horses literally chewed my truck apart. <laughs> Every panel had horse like where they took their Mr. Ed front mm-hmm. teeth and just stuck mm-hmm. sunk their teeth into it and drug it <laughs> across it was like four thousand dollars in damage. I took it to uh Allstate and they're like, say what happened to your truck? I was like, horses ate it. And they were like, We've never had this before. But you were in good hands. Right. <laughs> I was yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was in good hands. Uh so mayhem from horses, but I would say horses would be a a, a, a more expensive
0: ag exemption to, to upkeep. Uh, can go, you even
2: get an ag exemption for on horses? I some, don't
0: know. Some, some don't. Some some cities don't allow it, or some counties don't allow it. Um, I mean,
2: these horses should have just been hauled up and just taken to the glue factory. They were so terrible. <laughs> and then and then I had to build like a barbed wire fence to start parking my truck in by my. My camper, and then the landowner didn't like that because he's like the wires going to cut my horses. That's, and that's just true. Like, that's true. So he wanted me to put a, uh, a freaking electric fence up, and I was like, okay, well, you show me where the electrical outlet is? Which he didn't have. <laughs> of course, it's like oh, it was just such a mess. I'd much rather have cows. So you
0: see you. a lot of livestock exemptions, whether that's you know goats or or llamas or, or, Uh or or, or cattle. Um, a lot of your, your game ranches or other, even just normal ranches, wildlife ranches, they do a wildlife exemption where Mm -hmm. they can show that they're propagating wildlife. You know, it's, again, there are certain requirements to get that wildlife exemption, but keep, keep a log showing that you're doing food plots, all that stuff. Um, so you can get a wildlife exemption, which is acts as the same as an ag exemption. Right.
2: Right. Uh, no, tell me a little bit more about your background. We were talking off the air about. I know you like to varmint hunt, and growing up in a small Texas town, I imagine a lot of times that's just driving roads with the with a spotlight and say, "Oh, look at the jackrabbit."
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we definitely played some critter critter uh-huh. <laughs> g- growing up, but uh, we'd also go walking out in the pasture and and you know just walking around shooting squirrels and rabbits, and we'd take them back and uh my you know asked my grandma you know can you cook this for us and so she, she, she would make a <laughs> stew out of it and so that was always, always some pretty good stuff um but yeah I did did uh, in a small town there's not a whole heck of a lot to do so you try not to get in too much trouble but sometimes right. that's uh, you know it's doing a little spotlight and you know some predator, predator control
2: yeah <laughs> have you ever actually sat down and like compared jackrabbit to cottontail like when you have you eaten a jackrabbit I have it's uh, not my favorite cottontails way better <laughs> I,
0: I'll say I have but it was more of like a an event where they had a lot of more oh, uh, exotic yeah. game that you could eat um, uh-huh. I would say it's probably a little tougher than, than, than a cottontail would be but yeah. I, I just have you know side by side comparison I haven't, haven't done that Cotail
2: is delicious so I my wife and I lived in Texarkana, and my first job in radio we got married basically packed up all our crap and moved there and I was working uh, at a small um station, you know, on air stuff, uh, had to get out of Dallas to get on the radio. It was so competitive here. Uh, but we went to the church we joined, had this beast feast and I walked up to this kid and he had a picture of like Rocky raccoon on this uh, pan of food that he had prepared. And I was like, is that raccoon? And he's like, yes, sir. It is. I was like, my wife would love some. <laughs> so I, I took it back there to the table and she ate it and I told her it was turkey. And then, of course, afterwards, I kind of made sure everyone at the table was paying attention and was like, So, how do you like raccoon? She's like, You son of a. <laughs> That's very I'm lean. Like, you, you can't <laughs> say that in church. Come on now. Uh, yeah. Well, I didn't try it though. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, okay. Let's talk about this cooler that Lydia sent me. Lydia, our good friend uh, that you work with. We've got a 50 quart. Bison cooler. It's got the uh, Lone Star AG Credit logo on top. And I think these are like $300 coolers. We're going to give it away. Um I think we're I think we're going to make people follow along on social media though. Yeah. Oh, th-
0: these are great coolers. Um, yeah, it's a bison cooler. I, yep, yep. yep. I, I typically donate this type of cooler at, at you know our ag booster events, local ag booster events that you know that we attend. Very, very good coolers. I, I haven't had anybody complain about them. Whenever oh, yeah. they do win one, they're
2: they are um, American made, made in the USA. One thing that Bison uh, prides themselves on. And I've got a couple of them. They are great coolers. Uh, I think people just need to go check out. Facebook or Instagram that's what we'll make them do in order to uh, enter to win and they can find details there so we're going to get this into the hands of a lucky listener yeah I don't know if there's anything else you want to add well I just
0: again we're in a, a great great lending environment so if you if you're on the fence or have been on the fence about trying to find your piece of Texas you're in a, a good environment to do that. You can find good long-term rates uh, on, on raw land that, you know, your traditional banks don't want to finance. They they might finance it, but it might be a, you know, 10-, 15-year term on a five-year balloon, but uh-huh. we'll, we'll fix it for 15-, 20 years if that's what you're looking for. That's that's what we do. That's our niche market. We've been doing it since 1917. Uh, we we're very successful at it. Again, the cooperative structure is a very successful structure. Uh, so, you know, give me a call. I'll be happy to talk with you and appreciate you having me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And for folks that are listening outside of Texas, you know, farm credit is not something that's just unique to the Lone Star State. Uh, going back to like the early 1900s, 1917. like yep. yeah, 1916. 1916. Right, 16, right, right. It yep. was, maybe you can talk about that history because I'm sure you're more well versed in it than I am. But it was, it was a, a nationwide deal.
0: Yes, it still is. It still is a nationwide deal. Other, I mean, it, it was formed to, to help, obviously back then there's a lot more farmers and people involved in agriculture so uh, individuals involved in agriculture so they needed financing that that accepted the risk involved with agriculture agriculture very you know high risk there so your traditional banks didn't necessarily like that so that's where farm credit came into play started off being um, you know government we we still are a gse government-sponsored entity but it was Kind of government finance as well, but they uh-huh. again bringing in quality stockholders year over year, really building uh, the credit profile of the each individual association. Farm Credit is no longer uh, fine it's no longer gov- government financing. We're all independently funded. Um, we're still a government sponsored entity, yeah. uh, being part of Farm Credit, but it is nationwide. Uh, each state has their own. Farm credit associations, Uh, we are territory based, based Uh off our charter, Uh, again, because we were government, we're government sponsored entity. And so it's been a reliable source of credit for individuals involved in agriculture year in and year out. And we're going to continue to, to be that reliable source. Yeah.
2: And like we said, your family has some agriculture that I'm looking forward to hunting this fall. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, okay, let me know when you want to come, and, and we'll, I'll try to put you on some You've ducks. You've met Belle. She'll, she'll go pick up anything with wings. <laughs> there she we go. I like that. So I like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, Patrick, it's certainly been a treat having you in studio today, man. I hope that you have a great uh, rest of the, the fall and that you get to put a tag on a big old white tail buck. Uh, I plan on it. I appreciate it. Thanks. So there you have it. Patrick Hale of Lone Star Ag Credit. And like he alluded to, seems like people are tired of, of what's going on in this country in urban areas. Uh, and now's a great time to uh, get in on your own piece of paradise. So uh, check them out. LoneStarAgCredit.com. That segment brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. Coming up next, we'll be joined live in studio by bow hunter Brandon Hughes. He's the hunter who took the recent Collin County monster you've probably seen a picture of by now. But uh, this amazing deer, well over 200 inches, I don't know how many points he has in the mass, absolutely insane. Brandon will tell us all about this buck he nicknamed Potential after the break on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor show. Me
0: loose, set me free, somewhere in the middle of Montana
2: guys, Cable here for Coon Stopper. If you're tired of losing corn or protein to those pesky raccoons, well, here's your solution. If you're running a traditional feeder that has, you know, those long legs that coons like to climb up and rob you blind, well, you just attach the coon stopper to each leg. It's so easy. I just put one on a 300-pound all-seasons feeder and (laughs) the results speak for themselves. Coons don't like it. They basically attempt one time, realize that it hurts, and they're done. Throw in the towel, just like that. Is the Coon Stopper, and you can find it at AlamoOutdoorWorld.com. Texas Premium Power Sports is one of the largest pre-owned dealers in Texas. They specialize in sales of pre-owned ATVs and UTVs, many of which come fully accessorized. They also have a full service and repair center for most major brands and offer financing with a 500 credit score or better. They'll even finance parts and accessories such as high racks, roofs, and wheel and tire combos. Visit TexasPremiumPowerSports.com or check them out on Instagram at Texas underscore premium underscore Powersports. That's TexasPremiumPowerSports.com. Turnpike Troubadours, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith here with you. Thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate each and every one of you. As we are all set to get into a big bucktail for the ages, as these Collin County monsters, I mean, right here in my home county in North Texas, they keep coming out of the woodwork. This is the fourth 200-inch category whitetail buck that's been brought into the studio in the last four years and those are just the ones that I know about and have seen photos about. Uh, This one was kind of a mystery, had to do some digging to find Brandon Hughes uh, who was nice enough to come by today but before we hear all about this buck he nicknamed Potential, uh, this segment of the show brought to you by Vortex Optics. And the new limited edition Blaze Orange Glass Pack. It's their Bino Harness. If you've got a hunt coming up in a state where Blaze Orange is a requirement, check out the Blaze Orange Glass Pack. I'll be putting the Fury in here. That's the uh, range-finding Bino from Vortex. And taking it to Nebraska coming up in December. Excited about that. But this is a limited edition uh, item, so get it while the going is good. You can find it at vortexoptics.com, Vortex, the force of optics. And with that being said, uh, let's welcome our in-studio guest today, Brandon Hughes. Thanks for being here, man. Thanks, sir. Tell me a little bit about yourself as a, a whitetail hunter as we get things going.
1: Well, uh, I bought my first bow in 2005. Okay. Um, hadn't picked up a rifle since.
2: You're not uh, that old. i
1: 33.
2: Okay, so thousand. So you've been at it for oh, fifteen so years. Oh. Yeah. And haven't picked up a rifle. Well, I mean pig hunt. Right.
1: For for white no. Yeah. No. Okay. That's something about
2: it. So you've got the bug pretty bad then. I'm an equal opportunity hunter. i I'll use the bow until well, like we were talking off the air last year I'd spent more time bow hunting because I had the Collin County place. Um uh, yep. more than I ever had. Yeah. Uh but, you know, if, if bow season ends and I Am after a big buck, I'm not too proud to uh pick up the three hundred wind mag, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but my favorite thing to do honestly is archery elk hunting so there are are times and places that I'm like obsessed with it, but uh chasing bugles in the mountains is with with the bow is is my absolute oh, I'm favorite sure. mm. I had the opportunity
1: but would be
2: <laughs> well if you're if you're there. eating up with bow hunting, you need to put that on your list now that you've checked off buck of a lifetime so Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so are you from Collin County originally? From Collin County. So, what year was it? Um, I've lived in Collin County, I think, since 2010. And my wife's family's lived here longer than that. Uh, but was it 2011 or 2012 when they opened up the archery only season? Oh, man. Because oh. Dallas, Rockwall, and Collin County had all been closed to bow hunting since like the 70s or any kind of whitetail hunting. And to be honest, there wasn't a lot of deer running around.
1: Yeah, no. Um, you know, I kind of, I kind of lost that time frame right there because uh, I, I was in the Marine
2: Corps. Okay. I wasn't here. Thanks for your service. Appreciate it. Yeah.
1: Um, so that time period, I, I basically uh-huh. lost all.
2: Well, I think it was either eleven or twelve, yeah, and it about right. yeah. so you're the third hunter to bring in a two hundred plus inch deer. that started with Cody Griffin, who shot two hundred inch bucks. Two monsters. Yeah, back to back years. Yeah. And it was interesting because he lived and has lived, his family has been on that property. It's where he was raised as a kid. And they never had deer ever until we had like a really bad um, flood one winter. And like Lake Levon just got so inundated that these deer started coming up to higher ground and they started feeding them and they just never left. And also our deer density has gone up, but where they all came from, how we got these big genetics Nobody seems to know. People say, oh, they're high-fence escapees. Oh, Texas Parks and Wildlife stocked uh, Midwestern genetics in here in like the 80s or 90s. But I, I can't get a straight answer from anybody. All I know is there's giant deer here. They keep getting shot. And the next state record, I believe, will come out of Collin County.
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Collin and Cook and Grayson, I mean, mm-hmm. it's the biggest deer in Texas are right there. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I believe in.
2: Well, and it helps that it's—they're all archery only. Archery only.
1: I mean, that's what saves them. Yeah, you know, I've been on a place in Fannin County where you can take two bucks and it's rifle. You—you can rifle hunt it. Uh I mean, it's—you almost waste your time. (laughs) You know, I mean, and they don't grow like this.
2: No. No, and I've experienced it firsthand, like I said, chased around. I was just showing you pictures of about a 175, which for me would have been the buck of a lifetime. me, too. I mean, I'm not going to lie, you know. Uh, But I never did catch up to the son of a gun and and just – I don't know if your experience has been similar, but like I told you, headaches with with hunting in a semi-urban area is, you know, neighbors' dogs, hot air balloons, uh, some dude wandering off a golf course onto the property, him and his husky looking at – my feet are like, it's a spaceship. Like he's doesn't even know what this thing is and why anyone would have this here, but he wasn't supposed to be on the property, you know, and just the uh, Collin County properties are not cheap to lease. And I just like this year was, I took that money. The kids are getting older and they wanted to have a duck lease. So well, we get, yeah. flipped that into a, kept my other deer lease up around Wichita falls, but no, don't have the monsters up there. Like we no. do in these parts.
1: No, it's just insane. Really?
2: Yeah. Well, so the other person that brought in a two hundred inch buck was uh Chad Jones. Took that two thirty five and change in two thousand eighteen, and funny enough, he's the one that sent me the f- your, the picture of you with your deer originally. He's like, "Man, I'm real. I'm worried that this uh, I, might know, break my record."
1: I don't think so. I, I don't really think
2: don't. it's wa- I don't think it's going to have the width. But as far as the mass, I mean, that's like, Jesus, bases are size of like a almost like a beer can. I mean, those things are massive. Yeah. Um, But you can't tell from one photo. And so anyway, he sent me the photo. And of course, I'm trying to do my best investigative journalism and (laughs) figure out who the hunter is. Um, And my neighbor, Mickey Matusic, I suppose is friends with your stepbrother. Okay. Yeah, so that's how we got hooked up and ultimately got your contact information.
1: Okay. Yeah, I was kind of wondering because, I mean... I don't,
2: you're not on, you're not I, a big I'm not, social, I'm media not guy. A social media right. guy. Right.
1: You know, uh, never have been.
2: And I kept waiting for the buck to pop up on social media or like Texas bowhunter or something. And it just, I, you know, I just, it I was kind of staying under wraps. Oh you know, Yeah.
1: Well, I sent, you know, I sent some photos to my dad, he, he uh-huh. Facebooks and he put it out and it kind of went crazy. And I didn't know if someone done a line, you know, uh-huh. caught on to it. But I mean, if I did, yeah, I would have posted them. I mean, it's a dream come true right there. I don't Absolutely. Know, I'm still on cloud nine.
2: <laughs> of course, of course. Well, so like I said, Chad didn't know who you were, finally got got your info from a neighbor, and uh, and here we are. Um, so how long have you been hunting Collin County specifically? Three years. Okay. Three
1: years plus uh, it would have been the fourth year. I, it, I picked it up in January outside
2: season. Okay, and so obviously the first rule about fight club is you don't talk about fight club yeah so i'm going to ask you is like are you on the east side or west side of 75
1: i'm on the west side
2: west side okay and the uh, the only other thing that's really pertinent other than that because we're not it's not we're we're not giving away gps coordinates to your honey hole um like how big is your property mine was 25 acres just for reference are you
1: it's smaller than 25 oh wow I want to say it's yeah right between 23 24 acres okay so yep.
2: relatively the same size
1: yeah uh hunters on all sides of it really yeah
2: so and I I knew for a fact that other people were getting pictures of this deer because when I posted on Instagram the oh this young guy I feel bad for him but he was like really butthurt he was like man that was like my dream buck I was like I understand, but also you got to be happy for the hunter that yeah. took him.
1: Yeah, um, I don't. I talked to one guy uh-huh. on one side of me because when I first picked the place up, uh, the guy he he told me he said, you know, uh, he's also a veteran. That's basically why I get to hunt it. Uh-huh. Um, it became just came friends. Yeah, and uh, he said, I said, let me get you a spot set up in here because one of his buddies used to hunt it. Yeah, and then left his feeder down his tree stand was still up i took it out and gave it back to him uh he moved up to grayson county and said he's got bigger deer there so i just kind of <laughs> yeah, I, right. I take it i take it and run with it you know uh-huh. uh but i said you know let me get you a spot set up in here I said no it's it's yours you you do it you know but you know send me some pictures uh-huh. I said, okay uh so i set some cameras up all throughout the his whole track and i'd go in there to check a couple weeks later and My cameras would be open and my chips would be popped out. Huh. So, you know, I started getting kind of angry and uh, started knocking on some doors because the guys that live to the south of me, they got big properties and they live there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which I didn't, you know, accuse them of it. But after that, nothing ever happened. So I just kept running my cameras. But I never saw, uh, I never saw too many deer. It was just full of pigs. Yeah. I just stuck with it.
2: Uh huh. Huh. Man, so I, uh, it's funny, big deer make people do crazy things. I have a an experience in Oklahoma. I hunted up there um, just because of the price of a lease. Like we had almost a thousand acres for a drop in the bucket of what you would pay in Collin County, Texas, right? right? Yeah. And it's not that far away. Um, but dude, we would have cameras stolen. Uh, I eventually had to get lock boxes for all the cameras and this is on 900 acres. So you, it's not like you just hopped the fence from the road and went in 20 yards. And like, I mean, you were like wandering around in the woods. Yeah. Yeah. No, we did get poachers one time and ended up our landowner. I put their pictures on Facebook and, uh, knew within a day, someone was like, I went to high school with that guy and they ended up getting uh, tickets and they never came back on the property, but the property sold of out from under us in the middle of the season landowner didn't even tell us it was for sale we, this was our fourth season on there we're really starting to see the fruits of our labor like really like having 150 inch deer was like becoming hey we got a few of those now yeah um we had this one non-typical who i had one picture of him the year before and i had guessed his age all wrong like he was getting some palmation going on and he was probably like a 145 150 um only the one picture of him though and i because his neck was so swollen and it was a funny angle i thought he was like six and a half like on his way down the next year comes around and start getting pictures of him routinely and he's blown up to like a 165 170 just non-typical freak and he's only four and a half years old and i'm looking at your buck and thinking this is the genetics that that buck had we offered to pay the new landowner like full price I had to get the money from my original land landowner. Well, in the meantime, her cousins got their four-wheelers and started sniffing around. Next thing you know, all our cameras are gone. And she's like, nah, my cousins decided they're going to hunt it instead. Oh, <laughs> they got yeah. they get pictures of that deer. Yeah. And they're like, screw those guys, you know. So, it's the way it goes with big, big with bucks. big deer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... Well, luckily, not the case with your landowners. He was like, man, it's all you. Go get him. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the buck you nicknamed potential blew up like 80 inches from last year to this year. And we'll get into your history with him and, and watching him blow up into this monster coming up momentarily. Sound good. Yeah. All right. That segment, by the way, brought to you uh, by Lone Star. I credit lands. The one thing they're not making anymore of whether that's 25 acres or 2,500, but we all want it. So, if you're ready to take that plunge, make that dream your reality, check out my friends over at Lone Star Ad Credit. They've been doing this for over 100 years. Whether you want a place for recreating, running cattle, hunting, fishing, or just to get the hell out of the big city, go to lonestaradcredit.com for more info. We'll be right back with more on the latest Collin County monster to fall to an archer's arrow right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. gasoline you and matches. You me? gasoline and matches. Dallas Off-Road is North Texas' trusted 4x4 shop, specializing in lifts, wheels, tires, exterior upgrades, and gears and drivetrains. I recently took my factory Z71 Silverado into Dallas Off-Road and they handed me back a lifted beast of a truck that will get me around the deer least or just as easily tackle a perilous mountain road on my way to a backcountry elk hunt. Dallas Off-Road owner Jeff Swope is an avid hunter and gun enthusiast, so you'll have a lot to discuss when you swing by the shop or give him a call. Visit DallasOffRoad.com for all your truck or Jeep customization needs. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. I die you're right. my mother, them that I love her, but my soul's gone home. And take me back to Anderson County, drive real slow and take the long way home. And tell my kids to pick up a shovel, rest of that sugar sand, and bury my bones. Bury my bury bones. My bones. Whiskey Myers bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith riding shotgun with you today as always. Thanks for dropping by as we're talking big bucks, uh, specifically the recent Collin County monster to go down. And we've got the hunter, Brandon Hughes, here in studio. We're going to pick it back up with Brandon in just a second. This segment, though, brought to you by SCI, who as an organization are doing amazing things Not only internationally, but domestically, right here. Boots on the ground in North America when it comes to hunter's rights, hunter advocacy, and of course conservation. I encourage you to think about becoming a member of SCI. For more info, you can find us at safariclub.org. With that being said, let's pick it back up with Brandon Hughes. Brandon, I want to know a little bit about your history with this deer, you were on this place. I think this is your fourth season. So, when did you first become aware of this buck that ultimately you would nickname Potential?
1: Um, two years ago.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And he, I would have never guessed this. Yeah. Last year, I wouldn't have guessed this. His, from his brows to the trash he has on the inside, uh uh-huh. we're all there. Hmm. But he was... 80 inches smaller. Really? Yeah, it's, it's insane.
2: So last year, what do you think he would have scored? Probably
1: 130?
2: 130. 130? I think. That makes me even more mad about that Oklahoma buck. He probably would have been 220-inch well, deer. Uh, well, it's kind of funny. <laughs> those bastards. I mean,
1: whenever, whenever I first saw him last year, I mean, he was, he didn't have the, the trash up on his main frame, mm-hmm. but he had real deep... Uh, Did blades.
2: he have the palmation? No. No, really. Nope.
1: He just, I mean, he had this exact number right here going on. Huh? He would just had real huge blades that went through both sides.
2: On his off his main beams. Off his mains, yeah. Uh huh. Um. So was he like a eight point or?
1: Uh, well, he had a he had a split G two on his left side here. Okay. Which he does now too, but uh-huh. it's broke off. And uh, last year he broke it off, and I think could have been maybe what saved him. Mm-hmm. You know because. I had a cousin who hunted a couple properties down, and he had pictures of them. And you know, we talked. Uh, Hope nobody shoots that deer. I named this deer Potential uh-huh. two years ago, just <laughs> thinking that he was going to be this stud.
2: What did he uh, look like two years ago? Uh, to give you that idea that oh, that's going to be he,
1: I, he wasn't like a basket rack, but he's he was
2: small, but uh-huh. he
1: had a whole bunch of stuff going on the inside. Okay. So last year,
2: let him go, let uh, him grow.
1: Let him go, let him grow. Mm-hmm. Uh, And last year, uh, I was actually hunting a different deer, and they showed up together. I hear some thrashing and crashing coming in behind me, and so I start getting turned around, getting my bow ready, and and sure enough, it's him. I mean, he comes down, and he's sniffing my tree pegs and looks up at me, and I I swear I could see the veins of his eyes. And I was joking about it with a buddy of mine. I said, yeah. He said, well, you saw potential? I said, yeah. I mean, he was sniffing my tree peg. I gave him a wink and told him I'll see him next year. (laughs) But it was all jokes aside. I didn't have any intentions on killing the deer. Uh, I was just sitting for fun. Uh I didn't know what was going to show up. Mm. So then this year uh, he comes in.
2: And you had trail camera pictures of him all three seasons. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Nice.
1: Um, Yeah. I'll I'll show you one here in a little bit. Okay. Uh, The one last year, it's a perfect picture Mm. and they're, you put them side by side other than what he put on. Yeah. You're going to say, okay, huh. it's crazy. I mean, I don't even know what to say really.
2: Well, let's just say that it's a freaking monster. He's a giant. And then and it's not, I mean, it's, you know, uh, very rarely do I like to like touch someone else's deer, but this is one that I'm like, man, this is, uh, too impressive not to kind of just fondle it a little bit.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. Uh, I,
1: yeah. It's like whenever I first saw him in velvet pictures, uh, I said, there ain't, there ain't no way. But, like I said, there was another deer I was hunting last year, uh-huh. and I thought it was him. But I started doing some investigating on it, and no.
2: Did you end up getting that other buck? I didn't. Huh. Did anyone else that you know?
1: Not that I know of. Mm. Uh,
2: I never I saw pictures pop up of the one I was chasing last year either. So. Well,
1: well, I mean, I still ran cameras, you know, outside the season, just mm-hmm. to see if I couldn't keep them around and shed hunt them and yeah. keep them close and – uh, he was there after season, but I haven't seen any pictures pop up. But just because they haven't popped up doesn't mean somebody hadn't killed him. I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. So this season comes around, and I guess when you start watching him, and was he there like the whole time during Velvet, putting on his Velvet? and Oh,
1: yeah. Um, I started running my cameras, I guess. His, in, uh,
2: growing this massive rack. June or July. Okay.
1: Yeah, it had to been June.
2: And he was there. And he was there. So this buck was pretty much a homebody; like he didn't really travel a lot.
1: No, uh, it, hmm. my camera was up for probably two weeks before before he showed up. Hmm. And then once he showed up, damn near went broke trying to keep corn out there for him because he didn't <laughs> leave. Uh, huh. That's that thanks to that buck ration; they uh they love it.
2: And so, what was your setup as far as a feeder? station, because like I was telling you, that deer I was chasing last year, I had a, uh, I didn't want to use a spin cast because I didn't, number one, didn't want to attract pigs. And I don't think the, a lot of times the big bucks just like all the racket, you know?
1: I I think it makes them scared. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you can go to places where they don't mind them, but uh, I think around here, because I don't know, but because I don't, I don't run them.
2: Yeah. Um, But so I switched over to that gravity before last season, before he was ever even, I ever had a picture of this, that deer I was chasing, he wouldn't go anywhere near that damn thing. Like, mm make a wide berth and just there'd be other deer there pictures no he's not he had zero interest in ever being around that that gravity feeder
1: yeah um i used the Moultrie feeder mm-hmm. last year just the ones that i don't even know they they might fit 35 pounds of corn in it mm-hmm. and uh strapped it to a tree and uh this deer last year ate out of it all the time uh and then I had such a bad pig problem that I mean it was ruining my hunts every time I'd go in. Mm-hmm. So I moved it like 60 yards this year. First time I put it up, I got up, he's looking at it, and then the next picture is him running away from it. Huh. Didn't come back to it. So what I did was I moved it on the inside of a, a fence. It's a uh, he's got like half of his place fenced off where he's got a, some. Ag animals to keep a, a ag exemption, right? You know, well, uh-huh. he got rid of them, so I moved it, and he's still he's about to replace them. But I took advantage of them not being in there, and I just put corn on the ground.
2: Mm-hmm. That's all I did. The biggest buck that I've ever killed, free range buck I've ever killed, it was a one forty two I shot in that place in Oklahoma uh, with my bow. Same thing, he would come into hand corn. All the time, never interested in a feeder. Yeah. And they just feel it gives them a it's sense a of security. Something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of bucks don't like sticking their head. I don't think in a in like a gravity feeder trough either. Right. Um, kind of makes them vulnerable. They can't see everything that's going on around them. Um, so that's interesting. So you were hand corning this season. Yes. Okay, and he's coming in pretty regularly to it every day. Every day. So you've got him patterned when did you actually see him for the first time on the hoof this year
1: october 14th
2: that's I, not oh I, it was the day you shot him. the day i shot him okay wow
1: yeah I, I only sat twice this year huh um i mean the, the, it's just too too hot yeah um
2: and look, look just, at these first world problems you've got going on man <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i just didn't want i only had I, to sit twice for him <laughs> <laughs> no trust me i, I mean I
1: still. I'm, I was so surprised, but it got a, it got a little windier, a little cooler. Mm-hmm. So I went in on the 13th and sat and it was one of the best sets I ever had. Mm. I had action everywhere. Really? Um, I had a doe and a yearling. I mean, I ranged her at nine yards. Mm-hmm. She was bedded right below me for probably an hour and a half. And then two bucks started pushing her around and uh, they sparred for a good 10, 15 minutes. Mm. I filmed it. And then I was like, well, hell these little guys sparring, they might rattle something in for me. So then I quit filming. But uh, the, then that day wrapped up and had a bad wind to really hunt. And I just, I'm going to go do it anyway. Hmm. And uh, I mean, worked out perfect.
2: So you said you had a bad wind. How did that play into you being able to stick an arrow in this guy?
1: Well, I said, I'm not going to hunt any south winds. I can't do it. Uh-huh. And sure enough, we had a south, southwest wind. And I just said, hell, I mean, I'm going to go in there. So I took off work early. She got showered up and went straight in and uh, had the same dough And little bucks came and pushed her off. I mean, it was like a reenactment of the day before. Huh. And then not 15 minutes later, uh, I hear some crashing coming in from the north side. Well, with the south wind, I just I was like, okay, no way. I'm not even going to see what it is. And it's the two other bucks that he was running with. Mm. So then I start getting, I mean, I'm shaking. I'm shaking and I I, kind of knew it was with him coming because I could, he trailed in behind him. So for, oh man, it seemed like forever, but it was probably only like five minutes. He sat there and paced back and forth on that fence that I had moved into Mm -hmm. and 10 yards from me when he finally jumped over the fence and came into my lane.
2: But both sides of the fence are your property. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so you just you didn't have a shot. No. I because had, of the fence.
1: Yeah. I I had to my east, to my direct north, and then to my west, I've got three lanes cut in mm-hmm. there, and it's kind of like my northwest, I guess. And I got like these big vine trees, uh-huh. and I could see him, but he just paced it back and forth.
2: So how did he not smell you? I mean.
1: Scent control. How, how, I don't know. I mean,
2: but there, was the wind really blowing straight in his direction? Yeah. I mean, but you're up in a tree. I'm up in a tree probably yeah.
1: 25, 30 feet. Right. Yeah. Right. So it's probably that it's plays probably into over him. Yeah. But still, I mean, straight downwind of me the whole time.
2: I mean, that's the only thing that it had to be because I, I, I believe that you can take certain measures to lessen your your scent imprint. I don't think you can ever become scent free as a human being. We just smell too much. Like yeah, I mean, deer's you know, uh, nose is just too good.
1: Yeah. And I, and I walk, you know, probably 200 yards to get to my tree and it's mm-hmm. 85 degrees outside. Yeah, do you I use any sweating. kind of
2: scent control? Like, um, last year I was putting a bunch of uh, dough estrus on my boots, walking in and out.
1: No, nope, I don't do any of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the uh, uh, just straight, like autumn smelling any like earth smelling, scent i don't even have a particular
2: brand really well shoot man you might be getting sponsors lining up after taking this buck so uh we're gonna do this we're gonna take a quick break <laughs> we'll come back and hear the details on how the buck you nicknamed potential ultimately met his end uh that segment of the show brought to you by the pulsar helium 2.0 thermal monocular so easy my seven-year-old can use it that's right henry Took the Helion while Dad used the Thermion, and we got after the Hogs. Knocked down a a 220-pound sow the other day. Uh, His first time really being a part of the hunt with the Thermal. He absolutely loved it. User-friendly. It's got internal recording, the whole nine yards, the color palette uh, options that you love from Pulsar, that you expect from Pulsar. Um, Check it out. It's the Helion 2.0, and you'll save 20% when you use my promo code Lone Star underscore PL When you check out at Pulsar's website uh, PulsarNV.com That's where you need to go We'll be right back with more from Brandon Hughes On the Lone Star Outdoors show She just caught The Jamestown Ferris It's not a hot day January Like she said it'd be If she ever left me Texas Premium Power Sports is one of the largest pre-owned dealers in Texas. They specialize in sales of pre-owned ATVs and UTVs, many of which come fully accessorized. They also have a full service and repair center for most major brands and offer financing with a 500 credit score or better. They'll even finance parts and accessories such as high racks, roofs, and wheel and tire combos. Visit TexasPremiumPowerSports.com or check them out on Instagram at Texas underscore Premium underscore Power That's texaspremiumpowersports.com. With city life seemingly getting crazier by the minute, the thought of moving out to the country is looking more appealing than ever. And Foster Farm and Ranch has been recognized as one of the nation's top ranch brokerages the past two years. They have listings in 22 counties and counting and are truly a statewide entity. Foster represents buyers and sellers from all walks of life. Farmers, ranchers, hunters, doctors, lawyers, investors, and possibly you. You can find him on Facebook, Foster Farm & Ranch, or Instagram, at Foster Ranch Sales. Of course, FosterFarmAndRanch.com, the website, or call chat at 830-776-3605. This is Randy Newberg with Federal Premium's Fresh Tracks with Randy Newberg. Thanks for listening to the Lone Outdoor TV show, <laughs> radio show. Yeah, just the Lone Star <laughs> Outdoor Show.
1: Why come home to me in Texas? I got a new dress I can't wait
0: for you to see. We can dance through
1: the night, big love, and then the stars are
2: under. Well, Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to STI's Lone Star Outdoors show presented by Lone Star you. Beer. Thank you much for tuning in today. I do appreciate it. As we are visiting with Collin County bowhunter Brandon Hughes on the 200 and, who knows, uh, something odd inch, non-typical monster he arrowed on October 14th. And we're going to get back into that story in just a second. But first, this segment brought to you by First Light and the Ash Gray lineup. You know, sometimes gray is exactly what you need, depending on the environment. I mean... When you go to Africa, the pHs all wear muted tones. Grays, tans, olives, they swear by it. And that reality has not been lost on First Light. So they've pretty much got the entire lineup available in ash gray. You can check it out for yourself at firstlight.com. First Light, go further, stay longer. All right, picking it back up with Brandon Hughes as we're finally going to hear how this Big Buck nicknamed potential met his end Uh, Brandon, you know, you talked about how you'd set up a feeder. Last year he was very comfortable with that. This year didn't really seem to want to be close to it, so you started hand corning, to which uh, he really seemed to prefer that. Uh, It's the morning of October 14th. You've seen the buck. Explain to us exactly what happens from this point on.
1: When he he hopped the fence, he was facing directly at me. And uh, he had the two other little bucks there. He turned and pushed one of them off, and him and one other little buck was just sitting there. It was probably six. It's like six forty, mm-hmm. and it was seven oh three when he turned broadside. Oh wow! Yeah, so I watched him for a while. I mean, I was shaking so bad. I was I was hoping he wasn't, you know, because I mean, I probably would have probably would have missed him. <laughs> I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, no, I just sat there so long it it. I kind of calmed myself down Uh and first time he turned broadside i drew back one little buck popped up he saw me and they were getting ready to go whenever i shot him
2: really yeah the gig was about to be up
1: he was about to be gone Mm -hmm. yeah it happened so fast i almost fell out of my tree
2: in all the other times you how many other times had you seen him on the hoof like last year you said he looked up at you and y'all yeah, I, had this moment. <laughs> yeah, I saw him three or four times last year on Okay, the And he never, like, did you or anything mm-hmm. like that. Just looked up at you one time.
1: Yeah, he just, yeah, that one time. And still, I, I he had to have seen me. Yeah. But he just walked right off.
2: So how far was the shot?
1: 32 yards.
2: Okay. And made a good, clean shot? Or? Yeah,
1: yeah. Good, clean shot. Uh, and he ran 20, 25 feet
2: it just piled over piled you over. could see him yeah i could see oh him. that's the best yep. <laughs> that's incredible yeah wow and let me ask you this because a buck like this obviously in that little area where you're hunting people it's had pictures of him were you trying to keep pretty much i mean the pictures kind of on the dl like
1: i didn't send anybody a picture
2: okay no. did your I, landowner I've... even see a picture of him yeah yeah and he still was like okay little side note your landowner was like, "Nah, I'm gonna go. I hunt deer in Kansas like a real man." <laughs> no, no, it's it's funny.
1: I mean, I just he he rifle hunts. Doesn't uh-huh. bow hunt. Uh, Doesn't even want to try it. He's uh he's old Army Ranger, so it was. I mean, I like shooting 350 yards. Hmm. I can't do that here.
2: But he saw the picture of the steer and was like, yep. "Hey, it's all you, buddy. That is awesome. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Even
1: you know, even now, he's held him." He's like, well, let's see what you can get next You know, <laughs> I mean. Oh, hell of a guy. Yeah. Hell yeah. of a guy. Awesome guy. Yeah.
2: So what did you think he was going to score? I thought he would go somewhere
1: between 210, 215.
2: Okay. And have you had him green scored?
1: We did green score him uh, two different times, really, just for fun. And we've got a, basically like a 13, 14-inch difference. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but well, it's hard to account for, and people can see the picture on my uh, on my uh, website or Instagram or Facebook or any of that stuff, but it's hard to account for all of this mass. Where does one point start uh, versus another one? I, it's very difficult for for even the most seasoned of uh, official scores to come up with a consistent score on a buck like this.
1: Yeah, and that's what both the guys said. They We didn't really know, you know, for 100%, which... I didn't figure that they would and they told me right off the bat, like, man, I don't even want to tell you a, a, a bad number. Mm-hmm. So just go ahead and do it. But uh, we come up with a 219 and three-eighths.
2: Okay, 219 and three-eighths. And then the other score was significantly less. Significantly,
1: yeah, 206.
2: Yeah, so who knows what it's really going to do. I, I don't know if it's going to have the width to catch Chad's buck, but it's very different from Chad's buck in the fact that it does have all this palmation and all this mass um
1: Yeah, you know, I got a buddy and we sat there and of course we just you know, neither one of us would put our hands on anything like this, but we we definitely sized it up with Chad's buck, which mm-hmm. is an unbelievable deer. Yeah. Uh and we we said probably his his width, he's that's where he's gonna get it. I mean probably ten, twelve inches we we were thinking. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll I don't know, we'll see.
2: Well, it's a hell of a deer. I don't think we'll see another one this size come out of collin county this year you never do know though because they the big bucks keep going down uh in this area for whatever reason and it was interesting because i sent the picture to cody who killed the two 200 inchers and holding he took a picture of his rack of i think his biggest buck it was in the 220s and then put it right next to yours and they looked like they could be related you know?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you sent me that picture. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah, it's, well, you never know.
2: I yeah. mean. They certainly, I mean, certainly look very similar.
1: Yeah. These le- these lakes, you know, they connect in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, not to mention, the biggest thing in Collin County is construction, you know, and something, you know, creek bottom goes down, housing conditions, whatever come up, they got to go somewhere.
2: I do wonder, like, like. You look in the Texas Hill Country or you look in the Midwest or, you know, name any other place. There's lots of deer run around in neighborhoods. You know, we don't really have that here. And yeah. I'm not sure why or if we ever will. But these bucks still, um, these deer still relate to like wooded areas. They just, they're not like what I would say residential deer.
1: Well, yeah.
2: And in I the true what, sense, you well, know. Right.
1: Uh, yeah. And, I, and I, I know what you're talking about. because I got a couple of brothers. They live down south. And their subdivisions they there's a lot of houses, but they've got little creeks and mm-hmm. little pieces of timber that's you know on two or three acres yeah and uh you see deer in front yards, you see oh yeah, you know it's nothing nothing like nothing, yeah, you yeah. know, but the subdivisions that we build here uh, we don't we don't really keep them like that, you know yeah. they're just house to house all day true around with big trees they got you know they save the big ones but mm-hmm. The little thick stuff stays
2: yeah that's probably has a lot to do with it so Brandon I'm I'm really interested to know or, or how old do you think this buck is and like you said you you watched him for three years you just showed me the picture of him as uh a, a, a last year look nothing like this uh, it was Perhaps. probably easy to pass him last year like you said you named him potential yeah. so what wh- how old do you think he was this this year when this you year? put five your, and your and tag on him five and a half, five
1: and a half. And last year, I thought he was a a three-and-a-half. Uh-huh. But, I mean, if I got the picture right there, it's it's
2: clear as day. In our initial phone conversation, you told me that it was still very hard for you to shoot him this year.
1: Yeah, because, uh, I mean, first of all, I don't know how you can pass up a 200-inch deer. You can't. Uh
2: you can't on you 25 can't, acres. You can't.
1: It's too pressured. But as much as I would love to have seen this deer to get into, you know, six and a half, seven and a half years old, right? It would have been something special. Mm-hmm. Uh, more special. He's more already spe- pretty he's all, damn special. He, he, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's why the, from the first time I saw him, it's, it's man, deer's got potential. And that's what I stuck with. And uh, that's what I last year when I, I thought he was, you know, three and a half years old. Uh-huh. And then he comes back. Right here, I was thinking he was a four-and-a-half-year-old. Yeah. And I just – if he could even make it to a five-and-a-half-year-old. But I I see the difference in it.
2: So, uh, you know, he could have been 230, 240 if he made it to seven-and-a-half. But, like you said, well, with that job, who is going to pass up a 200 and potentially 20-inch buck just because – if you owned your own 1,000-acre place – and you had that deer on there sure yeah slam dunk no brain okay well yeah, it would still be hard right yeah. coyotes could get him another buck could gore him F- fighting, yeah nature takes its course it would be difficult to do but you could do it and still probably sleep at night like you just can't pass this yeah, up on,
1: you know and it's funny you said that because whenever I, I when i when i thought about it over and over i was watching the uh midwest whitetail with bill winky
2: and he's got a. Guy Bill was there. just on the show like two weeks ago. Oh, really? We were talking about the pre-write. Yeah. Man, I love that Chase uh, yeah. in
1: November. It's, it's. I mean, I. I'd he's got the a reruns. wealth of
2: knowledge on hunting yeah. big bucks. Yeah, yeah,
1: he's he's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he's got a guy on there. I guess it's just called Mike's blog, and he had a deer that he named Prodigy, mm-hmm. and it was a two hundred, little little over two hundred inch deer, and uh, he passed him up. And he's mm. hunting on, I think it was like two hundred and something acres. Mm. And then he started thinking about it and had another encounter with him and just out of reaction shot him hmm. and said, you know, I thought about it, but two hundred acres, somebody else is gonna see this deer. And, yeah. and so I thought about it. And I was like, <laughs> okay, you know, he's got a good point. Uh, yeah. But that's not to say if if I saw him, I wouldn't have obviously I'd
2: yeah, I'd draw back on him. Well it's a hell of a deer. I don't know. Do you have anything uh on camera that's getting you that still is getting you excited or like once you've like i caught a 10 pound bass three springs ago now and i just like all my anger at bass just kind of just fizzled out like now like, my dad's like you want to go bass fishing i'm like ah not that mad at him anymore yeah. dad let me know when you catch a 10 pounder
1: <laughs> well the thing is like my wife she's got so many projects for me that i'm not going to do in the summertime i work too much and it's too hot and so Told her, yeah, when I get some time, you know, during, during deer season, when it's cooler or after deer season, she lets me do what I want to do. But as soon as I bring him home, it's like, okay, now that my projects are starting to just, Uh I mean, one after another, I honestly haven't even really felt like hunting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, I got that Fannin County place and Uh they don't grow deer like this.
2: No, absolutely not. People hunt like that, hunt for a buck like that their entire lives and never even see one much yeah. less have the opportunity to uh stick a broadhead in it
1: oh yeah yeah well and the thing is you know i the uh, my buddy that i mean we we hunt hog tournaments together and stuff mm-hmm. outside of season and and whatnot I t- he, as soon as i text him it's like geez he's down he was hunting he said i'm getting out of the stand <laughs> and didn't even uh-huh. and beat, you know and i said well, i said i want to go over there and grab him he's like well Will you just wait for me? So I waited, I waited, you know, 35, 40 minutes before he even got to where I was to walk in there and put my hands on him. Uh huh. I, I can't stop smiling, you know.
2: I w- uh, yeah, don't blame <laughs> you for that. Yeah. Y'all check out the photos. Awesome buck. And uh, it gives me hope if I ever get back on a small little place like that, that it, it could still happen for me. So congratulations, man. Thank you, sir. So there you have it. Brandon Hughes and the buck. Named potential, and I truly believe the next Texas archery record will come out of uh, Collin County, no doubt about that. There's just too many big deer getting shot every year, so certainly a glut of riches uh, for the North Texas area. That segment brought to you by the Stealth Cam Fusion wireless cell camera, the most affordable and user-friendly. Gone are the days of having to type in some serial number, and IME number from a a, uh, SIM card, no, no. Now you literally just take a picture of the camera's QR code and it's scanned into your app. So simple. It's the Fusion. You can find it at stealthcam.com. Uh, unfortunately, that is going to do it for today. We are out of time. Thanks to Brandon, as well as Patrick Hale of Lone Star Ag Credit. We'll do it again. Same time, same place next week. Do want to say thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Until then, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all have a great week in the outdoors.
1: House of oh, won't you don't even try. Where you when the Reach out your hands, baby, kiss that sky. We're gonna call and get you rough? Tryin' all alone, but you're
2: gonna be.